think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback. Tom Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever lay some up. Tom Brady, greatest of all time. She got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. I suppose to be a franchise, but we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You already know what it is, what it ain't, and what's that stank. It's Monsieur Mangus up in the stew for episode 22. Boom versus bust. Make sure to go ahead and check us out on social media at End of Reg on Twitsit, End of Regulation on the Gram, and End of Regulation Sports and Entertainment on Facebook. We will keep you constantly entertained. I promise you that much. Let's go ahead and meet the stew crew tonight. Hailing from Bernardsville, New Jersey. A man who has attended multiple share concerts, Barrel Chest Grimes. How we doing, kid? Oh, we're doing well, boys. Good to be back in the stew. Um, looking forward to tonight's episode. I hear that. Well, next on the mic, recording back in Richmond, Virginia, from his stint uh, up in Massachusetts. A simpleton who used to eat paint chips as a child. Tommy Lasagna, how we doing? Uh, good. I mean, I didn't know any better. Those are the used to. 90s, <laughs> used to. Oh, yeah, and then here's Brent. <laughs> hey, Brent. <laughs> I, I really don't even know where I come from. That was, that was the most appropriate introduction for Brent that we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, tonight's agenda, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, hence the title, Boom versus Bust. We're going to talk fantasy running backs for you guys following up on our segment from last week. NFL preseason, touch a little bit on that. MLB update. Obviously, some banter, as always, and we'll finish it up with some buzzer beaters. So we might as well just kick in straight into uh, NFL preseason here. Who wants to kick us off? Oh, yeah. Harry? I'll, I'll take it away. Um, so breaking down running backs, you know, I think when you really look at it, there's like four guys who kind of separate themselves from the pack. I kind of want to use this time to, you know, we can kind of run through them. Everyone knows who they are. It's a Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Le'Veon Bell and then David Johnson's kind of like the fringe guy I think in that group considering uh, he's he's sat out all last year but I really want to get into you know some of the guys who have who have got you know high value who are going to maybe slip it a little bit in the draft uh, for all these people who are going to be listening so that they can get a little bit of insight into who they should look at because those three guys that I mentioned before are probably going to be taken within the first eight selections right eight or nine selections whatever it is um, but yeah, I, so I, you know, obviously I put Gurley number one, Zeke at two, and Le'Veon at three. Le'Veon, you know, I put him a little bit lower. I put him below Zeke mainly because he's got this holdout right now. Uh, it doesn't take anything away from his skill. The guy's, you know, obviously one of the most talented backs in the league. But you know, who knows if he's gonna if he's gonna miss some of the season? So for that reason, uh, I, I threw Zeke at number two. But uh, curious who you guys like. Um, uh, you know, rounding out the the top, you know, the top tier of guys, and then we'll work our way into this, into the second uh, the second tier. Quick, I mean, number quick, one. And, uh, sorry, go quick, ahead. Just, I was just going to say, quick thought before we dive into this, uh, just because we are on the topic of running backs, and we've previously in other episodes talked about Todd Gurley and his contract that he signed, kind of setting the the mark for contracts. Um, initially, people thought, you know, like he he was being laughed at. They were saying, okay, he got his money. Now I know what I'm going to get but it seems like it's actually disrupted in the opposite direction and these holdouts continue. Just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on 
you know, that actual contract that, that Gurley signed and what it's done for the rest of these running backs that are still holding out? Uh, I Like, yeah, Gurley got the big contract, and, and I think eventually Le'Veon, he's probably not going to get what he's asking. Obviously, that's the entire point of the holdout on both sides of the agreement. He is going to get pretty serious money, but I was actually just thinking this today as we were sort of like drawing this episode up and all of this. There are just so many serviceable, serviceable backs in the league right now that it's like sort of a bad time to be as good as Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell just because of like the depth at running back I think you see across the league. I mean, not not necessarily, obviously not every single team is going to be able to get their hands on these top 10 guys. And I mean, you could name 10 guys all the way down through, you know, like the Kareem Hunts, uh, the Alvin Kamara's of the league. Yeah. I mean, there are plenty of running backs that could that can start for teams and be great. And then, of course, you know, many teams have second string running backs. Uh, look at the Falcons. You know, look at what the uh, the Vikings have their situation. Uh, the Browns, um, even down in Miami, the Dolphins have two very good backs. I mean, there's. It's just like I said, sort of a bad time to be as good as they are. If if it was six years ago, they would have all kinds of money, easy. Cool, cool. Just wanted to get your thoughts, but continue your uh, your point on your picks. My bad. No, I, I definitely agree with uh, Harry. Number one overall, Todd Gurley. Has to be. Um, con- pretty much consensus first first overall pick. I think uh, definitely first running back off anybody's board, and thirteen rushing touchdowns last year, six receiving. Uh, 19 touchdowns, that's insane. I think he had like 1,300 yards on the ground. I don't really know how many through the air, but definitely like Gurley to be number one. I don't necessarily agree with Zeke number two. He's more like my number four back. I love Le'Veon and David Johnson at the two and three spot. Uh, it is a bit iffy how, how well Johnson comes back from his injury, but I'll let Tom talk about those guys a little bit. Yeah, I sort of hit on it last week. Um, I think David Johnson is going to be a monster this year. And if you stay away from him just because he was hurt all of last year, I think it's just a, a foolish decision. Like, it's not a knee injury. It's not a leg injury. Like, he just hurt his wrist, and, it, you know, it wasn't going to heal. But, you know, he's he you know he's going to just be the force on that Arizona team, especially with a young quarterback in Josh Rosen, who seems to be, you know, the guy that's going to be starting. They're going to rely a lot on the running back. Um, and I just wanted to actually go back and hit on what you were saying, Brent, about how there's a lot of serviceable guys. And I think aside from these like top four or five that we've already named, the, the fact that the league is sort of transitioning to a pass-first offense, and you're seeing a lot of these backs who, you know, they're not the big bruiser guy that's going to put up 22, 2,300 yards. Like, you know, these are guys that can come out of the backfield and you can create mismatch mismatches excuse me with the linebackers or the defensive uh, personnel oh, yeah. and so I think that's going to open up a lot of play for players like Christian McCaffrey um, and James White this year but I think I, uh sorry go ahead no I, I agree I think it's like rounded the position off you know what I mean it's like made it sort of a better fit for a lot of a lot more players I think fit into the running back position which is why you sort of have seen the market be flooded as if that's at all what you're trying to say no yeah but I I think it's gonna really start to transition and you're gonna see guys like uh you're gonna see guys like Alvin Kamara who's going to be especially effective I think I'm probably gonna hop on him uh earlier I think he's projected in like second round right now like I'm gonna try and get him just because of well, A, Mark Ingram is suspended because he's a fucking idiot. 
Uh, but I think you're going to see a lot of points out of him, and especially just like I think he's top like three in receptions last year as a running back. Definitely. You don't, Tom. You don't see David Johnson uh, as too much of a liability. Uh, coming off of 2000, you know, 2016 with his MCL sprain, physically, ri- no. his wrist last year, no. I think it's a lot of it's just going to depend on that offense, um, and if Josh Rosen can be productive. And, you know, if they have to rely on him, that's one thing. But if they go down 15, you know, 14, 15 points, they're going to have to air the ball out. And, you know, it's really going to depend less on David Johnson and more on Josh Rosen. And so that might hurt him, depending on how that goes. Well, those are sort of everyone's top four. Um, I think number five, don't know if anyone agrees, my number five guy got to be Leonard Fournette down in Jacksonville. Um, he has a ton of things going for him, including his fucking amazing God-given athletic ability. The dude is a freight train on wills. Um, but at the same time, he's in a situation uh, with you know a competitive team, but Blake Bortles, who's not exactly the best quarterback of all time. So he definitely gets a lot of attention, uh, a lot of touches. Um, I like love Fournette at number five. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Harry, Tom, what are your thoughts on that? I have to agree with Fournette right there. I think he's going to get a lot of touches, and I think that's what's going to play to him being in that, that top five running back scoring uh, when it's all said and done. Um, you know, like like Shake said, you know, Bortles is a serviceable quarterback, but, you know, they're going to rely a lot on Fournette, especially with Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns out of the picture in the receiving core. So uh, that's just taking away a couple weapons um, that they had last year that they're not going to have going into this year. So yeah, you know you gotta like Fournette, um, and then you gotta. It's kind of backlogged a little bit, and there's a lot of question marks as you kind of work outside of that top five. Um, you know, with the likes of Alvin Kamara, you no know, Kareem Hunt. We got a lot of guys going into their sophomore years, and we all know sophomore slumps are a thing, right? No, like not every single running oh, yeah. back is gonna is gonna avoid that. So we've got Dalvin Cook coming Including back, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin yeah. Cook coming yeah. back from an ACL injury. Alvin Kamara had a had an absolute killer year, offensive rookie of the year. Um, I think he'll maintain that course because uh, Mark Ingram's out for four games to start the year, but he never had more than twelve touches uh, or twelve rushes in a game all of last season, which is an amazing thing. Uh, it shows you his level of production. But um, it, I'd like to touch on him for a second. Yeah, yeah, go go for it. I mean, obviously, being a Tennessee fan, I saw a lot of uh, Alvin Kamara. Um, he was there for two seasons. Um, and, and including this rookie season at New Orleans last year, it, it's been pretty much the same story for three years in a row. The guy has not really gotten – Butch Jones was obvious, obviously a complete fucking idiot. Uh, he did not feed Kamara the ball. He just came in at times and, uh, you know, was sort of a receiving back and got, you know, 8 to 12 touches a game rushing the ball. Obviously the same thing happened last year in New Orleans. These, these four games uh, without Mark Ingram are going to be the – first four games that I've seen since I've been watching this guy get you know really the starting role and have a have it carved out for him for for four games so I'm I for one am extremely yeah. excited to see what he's going to do I, I there's really no doubt in my mind I, I could definitely be wrong but to me there's no doubt that he's going to shine so much that there's no way they're just going to hand the ball right back to Mark Ingram I think Kamara's going to step into the starting role pretty yeah. much for good and for that reason I, I love him I mean he's obviously right here we're talking about him sort of in that second tier but I think uh, in the future and you know for the next few years he'll prove to be one of the top five six running backs in the league every year fantasy wise yeah and, and, and to piggyback off that I, I would say to 
to people playing fantasy football and things like that, if if you get in the second round and you're kind of like late second round, and he's still available, just just pull the trigger and take him. You know, have like, absolutely. Yeah. If because if you honestly going going uh, picks one two taking running back because the running backs very quickly will be off the board and you're going to be stuck with guys like uh, you know who knows like a Marshawn Lynch guys that you have no idea what they're going to do you right. know no idea what kind of production yeah, they're going to yeah. put on so if you get Kamara's late second round early third round just take them just you know do yourself a favor um, but another guy that I want to touch on is who who came on the scene like as hot as can possibly be probably hotter or more impactful than than uh, Kamara was Kareem Hunt and you know the guy the guy seems legit but you know he had his really fast seven games he played out of his mind i think he put up over 100 yards in every single one of those games and then the, the next five yeah, games the next five games following that he completely hit a wall and i think it was because teams started to figure out his game started to kind of strategize around how to stop kareem hunt and make alex smith beat them through the air because that's a little bit of an easier uh thing to manage um <clears throat> But I think he's. Yeah, I think Alex he's. Smith I think. He, I think this. I don't know if this is a hot take, but I think he's. I think he's primed for a sophomore slump. I don't think he's going to be as productive this year as he was last year. Okay. Do you? Uh, well, do you guys remember who drafted Kareem Hunt last year in our fantasy league? <laughs> oh, I'm sure you did. Do you guys? Rem- oh, I. I think I drafted him, didn't I? You mean the guy who did? Uh, the guy who didn't win the league. Mr. Warren Buffett of fantasy Ooh, without hurts. the wealth, Tommy Lasagna. I want to get your take on Saquon Barkley and address the elephant in the room. What are your thoughts? Uh, of course, let's put it on the Patriot fan. Um, but, I mean, as much as it pains me to say this, I am scared of what Saquon Barkley might do this year. I think the the Giants really went out of their way to step up their offensive line. Obviously, like we hit on Eli you know we're we're big on him this year just because he's got a healthy OBJ as well as his other receiving core. But I no think Saquon Barkley is, yeah, I think that was the the overlying issue. But Barkley is kind of just like the the last piece of the puzzle here. Like if if he can be effective, it's just going to open up Eli to throw to these players or these receivers, and. I'm just, I don't know, I'm blown away by his physique, his strength, like just how he runs the ball. I'm very worried about Saquon Barkley this year. I think it's like a, a personal personal vendetta, like I can't draft a Giants player, <laughs> and it might cost me the league this year. Uh, definitely worthy of a second-round pick. Harry, what are your thoughts on his production uh, with, with our O-line? Uh, yeah, I, that's and that's the key. I, I mentioned this last week that the Giants are going to live and die by their O-line you know that's it's as simple as that they died last year because of their O-line and because of injuries obviously and because we had an an absolute idiot for a head coach but um I'm not I'm not so I love that we have Saquon Barkley on the Giants as a Giants fan I'm not so so convinced that he's going to be as productive as advertised and that's it's it might come as a shock that I'm leaning that way but I just don't want to get you know the the hype is so high that I just I last season stung. Maybe maybe it's because of last season and, and the way that our running back game looked. But you know we've got Jonathan Stewart. He's going to get carries. Wayne Gallman looked has looked pretty good in preseason, uh, and he's a solid back out of Clemson, uh, second year player. So he'll probably get a couple of carries. He seems to be a pretty decent receiving back. 
and, and I don't know how fast the Giants are going to want to ramp up Saquon's carries to like the, the 20 touches a game. So that that's really my concern with, with him from a fantasy perspective. I think he'll be impactful to an extent for the Giants' like success, but I don't I don't know I don't I'm not so I'm I'm holding off until until I see some on a, st- on a fantasy level. Yeah, on a fantasy. Yeah. Um. Well, lastly, in this uh, second tier, guys, we're talking about pretty much after this, you know. There aren't just a ton of guys that I would be spending, you know, second-round picks on or anything like that. Uh, Devontae Freeman, Atlanta Falcons. um, He's got, like, 29 rushing touchdowns over the last three seasons combined. Uh, That number dipped down to, like, only seven last year. Um, I think he'll be above that again this year. Obviously, he split some time at running back every now and then. They don't use him on third downs all the time. Um, But I think he's going to be in that 8 to 10 rushing touchdown range he'll probably have you know two or three receiving touchdowns and he he's definitely a guy that if I have a late second round pick and he's there um I would consider taking him but uh let's let's move on and talk about some guys who maybe have been getting quite a bit of hype guys that people think are going to do well we don't necessarily agree with um I'll start with Derek Henry um even though I'm a Titans fan I do not think that he's going to be worthy of any anything second or third round he might be fourth or fifth round guy for me but they signed, obviously, the Titans signed Deion Lewis. Uh, everyone sort of wants to think that Henry's going to be the first and second down, you know, power back guy, and Lewis is just going to be a third down back. But he rushed for over 900 yards last year in New England um, on not too many touches himself. He, he averaged, like, I think 5.4 yards a rush or something like that. And then, obviously, he, he does well receiving the ball. Um, I think it's going to turn out to be more like a 60-40 split there in Tennessee and uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't draft Henry too high if I were you. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I like Derrick Henry a lot this year, especially with the retiring of DeMarco Murray. I think that in, in a lot of cases the running back by committee works, but I think in a place like Tennessee last year, you saw it just kind of get in the way of one another, sort of finding their groove and you know developing a rhythm and being comfortable with the offense. And I think – with DeMarco Murray out of the picture, Derrick Henry is going to be posed for a big year. Um, and going back to the New England running backs, like you'd mentioned, I think James White this year is a very underrated player uh, just because of, you know, Edelman is suspended for the Patriots. We got rid of Amendola. And a lot of what I've seen thus far is Brady just throwing to the guys that he knows, the veterans. He doesn't really have much of a trust for any of the other younger receivers but James White has been one of those guys he's scored in both preseason games and I think he's going to be a very underrated pick that you know if you see him by you know seven eight you should probably hop on him by Tom game. uh because you're a Patriots fan what about uh Sony Michelle have you has he been playing it on preseason so he sat out today for his 11th consecutive practice Whoa. Since I think he like tweaked his hamstring. Uh, obviously, if that's a guy that you know he's young, it's hard to really put much trust in him right now. But if he gets healthy and is you know immediately impacting these games, I think he'll definitely be a waiver wire guy mm-hmm. to try and look out for. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely I wouldn't go drafting him before he at least gets healthy. Well, we talk about Cleveland a lot. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Carlos Hyde? And Duke Johnson, uh, I'm going full. I'm going full bust for Carlos Hyde. 
Duke Johnson, if you play in a PPR league, will have plenty of value as kind of in the flex role, uh, ideally. Um, but I don't know. I, I just think there's so many – the Browns have so many targets and they've got mobile quarterbacks that I think that'll take away from Carlos Hyde's fantasy value. 100%. Fantasy value. value. Um, yeah, so th- that's – you know, it's simple as that. They just have – they have too many weapons. Josh Gordon's back. The Joku looks – to be legit, he's played at lights out this preseason. Jarvis Landry, obviously. It doesn't look like Dez is going to come. That's probably for the best. Although it would be fucking really cool to see on like Hard Knocks to see Dez in there. Um, I'm pretty sure he'll be on uh, this week's episode. But yeah, I- I'm going full bust for Carlos Hyde. Brent, any thoughts on that? I sort of agree. Um, obviously, he's, he's done well in the past out in San Francisco. But uh, I think... Uh, He's probably going to share a little more time than maybe he's used to. He's also a little older now, and I, w- I wouldn't spend a lot of time worrying about Carlos Hyde. But uh, I do I do like the way they both fit into the Browns' mm-hmm. offense. Um, obviously, they have plenty of help at wide receiver. We've talked about that in the past. But uh, that's not to say I think they're going to have a bad running game. But Carlos Hyde himself I do not think is going to shine scoring touchdowns. I think they're going to run a, you know, a lot of their scoring plays are going to be passing touchdowns to Duke. Uh, when they, you know, when they get on the opposite side of the field within the red zone, especially um, Carlos Hyde's probably not going to score more than five or six touchdowns on the yeah. ground this year. Well, I'll let you stay on the mic. Why don't we just transition and roll right into sleeper picks, uh, Brent? What are your thoughts this season? Uh, I'm probably contrary to popular belief or what a lot of people think. Uh, I'm going with Kenyon Drake as a sleeper pick down in Miami. Um, I just fucking hate Ryan Tannehill so much <laughs> that I, I'm convinced that they're going to have to rely strongly on the ground game eventually. And um, Kenyon Drake, you know, I think he's entering his third year now, uh, has sort of slipped into his role as starting running back down there. I think he had like 135 t- rushes last year. That number is going to be at more like 200, 235 this year. And, uh, you know, he'll be he'll be a thousand plus yard rusher. He can also catch passes out of the backfield. I do think he'll be, you know, a 10 total touchdown guy this year. That's that's plenty good for, you know, fifth round pick, something like that. Fourth round pick. Um, That's that's Kenyon Drake. That's sort of my sleeper. That'll be interesting to see. I was actually reading some uh, I was reading an article recently about the Dolphins organization and somebody was quoted saying that. You know, it's no surprise that Jay Jahi was sent uh, up to the Eagles, and uh, you know they were paving way for Drake to come in. So interesting. Oh, nice. We'll we'll see how he plays. But uh, for me, this season, Corey Clement, uh, reigning champs on the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he had some decently strong numbers last season: four point three yards uh, per carry, twelve point three yards per reception. Uh, in really limited duty, uh, and now with Legarrette Blunt out of the picture. Uh, it's possible for him to really see some more playing time this season. Um, however, with a healthy Darren Sproles, um, you know, there's a bit of a threat there. However, uh, ceiling is, is higher than you guys think. Uh, you know, with Jay Ajahi, as we've mentioned, being a bust this season, um, you know, he's far from a sure thing as a lead back. So he's, I guess, now currently suffering like a lower body injury, which I guess he'll recover from quickly. But there's definitely some room for uh, Corey to step in here and kind of take lead. I don't really know how strong his ability is. Like I said, he had limited play, but it'll be interesting to kind of see him step into this role. I like I like I, that. I agree with you there, 
period just because uh, I, I would sort of look at like the Ajay relationship with Clement like similarly although they're not nearly as good I don't think uh, uh, to like uh, the situation down in New Orleans um, I think it's going to you know like he's going to step into that role see a lot of time much like um, Alvin Kamara did last year with the Saints and he's just going to be that guy. He's not going to be quite as explosive as as Alvin Kamara, but he's he's going to score eight to ten points a game every single game. Tom, what are your thoughts on sleepers this season? Uh, one guy I like is Detroit Lions rookie running back Carryon Johnson. Um, this guy is coming out of the University of Auburn as the twenty, I think twenty sixteen SEC Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, this dude is just a freak, and considering the the competition he has, uh, I don't. I I hate theoretic. Theoretic is one of those guys that like. I don't care if I have to just bench everyone I have. I am not picking up theoretic <laughs> to fill a spot on my team. I hate him, um, and I think that they pick. Although they picked up Legarrette Blunt, I think Blunt LeBron. is sort of just like a one trick pony. Where if you're not, you know whatever and goal that he's not really going to see a lot of time i think he's lost a lot over the last few years um definitely and this i I think it's basically it's johnson's job to lose i saw that this guy has over 130 yards in his first two preseason games that were called back um due to like penalties or flags or whatever happened in the game and i i think that this guy is just sort of just floating under the radar, but he's he's going to be a late round pick. That if he's there, like you should go after him. Just he's nice. Well, Harry, why don't you uh, close us out on sleeper picks? Yeah, I got a bit of a, a diamond in the rough, maybe more of a wild card pick, if you will. Uh, guy out of Oregon, rookie running back Royce Freeman. Freeman, uh, bowling ball of a guy, six foot, two hundred thirty pounds. Um, and he is kind of going to a Denver offense that really has a ton of question marks all over the place. They still have Demarius Thomas. Their quarterback situation is who they just pick up. They got um, we got from Minnesota, whatever his name is. Um, anyway, so you know the point is is that you know they've got uh, Devontae Booker, they got D'Angelo H- uh, Henderson, but I think Royce Freeman's going to come in kind of as a goal line back. He scored sixty four total touchdowns and one passing in his four-year career at Oregon. Um, he went for at least 16 rushing touchdowns in three out of four seasons there. So I think he's going to be kind of like a, a live-and-die-by-the-goal-line the stand that, or TD or bust kind of guy. But I think he's a guy worth having on the bench and, and just seeing how he plays out over the first couple of weeks, seeing how Denver uses him. Take him in the, in the late rounds, um, kind of a you know in the throwaway pick rounds, um, and just see what he does. I, you know, the guy's obviously was very productive at Oregon I think that's going to continue in Denver um they generally have been a a a rush first kind of offense so um I think Royce Freeman's going to have a pretty pretty decent year he's also fast as hell at that size I mean he runs like a four five exactly um, so so he's he's plenty fast I got a feeling that Tom's just doing some rever- reverse psychology bullshit with us and, and giving us all these picks that are just going to be absolute ass so that he could boost his team. He's the kind of guy to do that. No. Yeah. Hey, no, listen <laughs> to me. I'm not the kind of guy. I wouldn't do that to our faithful listeners. I'm trying to help all of you get that money and secure that, that bag this year. That's right. Well, that's all we got for uh, the Boomer Bust 
for the running backs fantasy season. Um, hopefully that will help you guys, like Tom said, who secure we, the bag. Who are we doing next week? Wide receivers. Let's go. I don't know what do you guys receivers. think? Wide receivers? I'm, I'm about yeah, it. Yeah, wide receivers. Well, we stay just tuned have for wide to, receivers. We have to make sure that we hit on the kickers before season starts. That's true. That's true. Nice. Adam, Adam and Terry it. hit a 57-yarder last night. We might be banging out like four or five episodes a week then. <laughs> Straight content, baby. But here's the thing. I want to throw out some side notes before we transition to the MLB. Uh, we've got some uh, kind of tidbits from the NFL preseason so far. We talked a little bit about Tom Brady last week in the QB selection. He played half. Uh, f- f- he played a full half in the first preseason game. Um, so wanted to hear, well, first and foremost, your thoughts on that, Tom. Um, he had something like, what, 32 takes? Is that right? Yeah, he played all the way through the first half, which kind of worried me a bit. Uh, but I, I I think it's just going back to what I was saying. A, a real shame if he went down. <laughs> well, dude, you're telling me. If Tom goes down, we all go down. But, uh, no, I I think it's just a test. You know, everybody needs to see at, at this age, does he still have it? Uh, clearly, the other night he does going fucking like fourteen to twenty, two hundred some yards, two touchdowns on on Philly. And yeah, there were starters out there. I know it's just a preseason game. There were starters out there. But uh, no, I mean, it's just a matter of just making sure he still got it. And like, he's not very in tune with all these new guys that we have, trying to fill a lot of voids, um, like with the losses that I mentioned. And this guy just just fucking blew off OTAs this summer. It was like, oh, Brian Hoyer is my backup? Yeah, I think I'm okay. I'm not going to – I'm good. I'll see you guys in preseason. Just completely blew oh. off two weeks of camp to fucking, like, vacation. He was in, like, Montana doing some wild shit. But, uh, making out with his son. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, making out with the sun. We'll stop. We'll stop the Tom talk yeah, right there. Give me, uh, yeah, give me out of here. In other news, uh, Des Bryant still not signed. Um, at Downward this point, spiral. At this point, I think he's obviously going to end up playing football before the end of this season. Um, I don't know where it's going to be. Could be San Francisco. I like that out there. Uh, you know, their number one wide receiver is Pierre Garcon. I know we've laughed about that before. He's like 47 <laughs> years old. Um, but, you know, he, he could end up in a number of places, obviously, as soon as anyone gets injured. We have two more preseason games to go for everyone and then plenty of time early early in the season. So somehow, some way, he's going to be signed. We'll see where it ends up. I is do Cle- like his fit out in San Fran, though. Is Cleveland still up there uh, as an option for him? I, I highly they, doubt that. I, I think they're quite settled, and they probably don't want that personality. Yeah, exactly. They they said that they've put Des on the back burner, quote unquote, uh, which is a, which is like a nice way nice. to say hey, I don't think we're going to sign him unless someone gets hurt. Um, but yeah, I, I have to agree with Shakes. I think San Francisco looks pretty good. He's talked about New England. He wouldn't be the first uh, big personality wide receiver to to go to that franchise. Um, you know, one that comes to mind is obviously Randy Moss. Well, speaking and of. Trisinko. Speaking of 47 and held up by duct tape, AP signs with the Redskins. All hail the Redskins. What are our thoughts there, boys? Uh, plenty fun. Um, they they obviously were fine at uh, running back last year as it was. Um, but, uh, you know, with Darius guys going down, um, that was a huge blow. He was looking like a complete stud early on uh, 
in training camp and in the first preseason game before he went down. Um, but yeah, AP is going to step in. He's obviously not what he once was. He's going to be fine. I think their offense is going to be fine. And like I said last week, to me, Alex Smith, Jay Gruden's offense is built around moving the ball down the field. I think they're going to step in and, and do just fine at the running back position, moving the ball. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right there. Um, I, I think AP actually has the potential to be the number one guy here. Uh, a lot of reports are saying he he was in today just being just being a locker room guy, which you know that's what you got to do as this you know seasoned veteran and everybody on the team. You know, like all these backs know who AP is and they know he's going to get his. Um, but when, with the injuries and you look at who's available, there's really no reason that AP shouldn't start week one. We'll see. Yeah, there's no way Rob Kelly or Samaj P. Ryan starts over a- AP. It's just not going to happen. I heard That's he brought I mean. his switch to the uh, locker room. <laughs> keeping the boys Probably he's going to beat that ass. <laughs> well, Teddy B, we mentioned it before, is on the block. Team of, intre- uh, team of interest. What are we thinking, guys? Um, I think uh, the New York Jets are going to be stupid enough to just decide Pick mid-season to re-sign him. You know, to re-sign him when Sam Darnold's like 0-7. You know who I'm going to... I'm going to go with, and I don't think anyone's talked about this across any of like the reports or articles I've read. I think Teddy Bridgewater will – I think an in-division foe is going to look to a trade for him, and that's going to be the Miami Dolphins. Um, the guy is from Miami. He he looks good, man. He you know He's the feel-good story of the NFL. He looks really good so far in preseason. Looks like he's, his knee is back, and uh, it was a pretty damn gruesome injury. But uh, I think the Dolphins would be a really good suitor for him. Especially since, you know, Shakes' favorite quarterback, Ryan Tannehill's down there running the show, and he's obviously a, a joke Jesus. of a quarterback. So that's that's one team that I would – I don't – I just the only thing I think is that they wouldn't want to trade him in within the division. Well, I think – I would love to see him go down there and replace Tannehill. I will, I will say that. <laughs> God, that would make me so happy. God damn. Well, it's, it's funny that you mentioned the with division stuff because one team that kind of came to my mind was the Buffalo Bills. Uh, it seems that with this injury to A.J. McCarron, he has this collarbone issue that came up. Uh, he's not going to be the top dog there. They're starting Josh Allen this week in their week three, which, you know, your, your week three guy is generally your starter for week one of the regular season. Right. And I'm not sure of the extent of this collarbone issue. I've heard mixed reports on it. Um, but if Josh Allen's not ready um, or he, you know, he flat out gets hurt too, I don't think Nathan Peterman is the guy I want to turn to and hand the football off and say, go win me a football game, kid. Um, so if we're going to keep it in division, I also think that the Buffalo Bills could be in contention for Teddy B. Nice. Well, I think that is the uh, perfect way to end our segment on the NFL preseason and fantasy and let Tom stay on the mic and talk to us about this day in sports history in the MLB. So today in sports history, Raleigh Fingers becomes the first closer to record 300 saves. Um, and that's impressive to be the first to do it as of today. There are 12 other guys who have hit 300 or more, uh, with Mariano Rivera being the leader. Uh, but first off, shout out Raleigh Fingers for possibly the greatest professional mustache of all times. 
If you haven't seen it before, uh, Google it. Check it out on our Instagram. A1 mustache game. Also might be the best uh, baseball name of all time. Oh, if yeah. yeah. If you're a pitcher. Right? Oh, my God. Uh, Sounds fake. Fingers. That kid was... That kid was born, and they just looked at him, and they're like, he's going to be famous. Give him a dope name. <laughs> You're going to be rich, son. But, uh, so, this Raleigh Fingers played about half his career in Oakland, and that's sort of what I wanted to hit on tonight with my MLB update, is the Oakland Athletics, and they have just been on fire for the last two or three weeks. And as of tonight, they are tied with the Houston Astros uh, for the AL West. And it's it's basically just been an offensive assault. Uh, Chris Davis is just on a tear right now, giving J.D. Martinez a run for his home run record, or lead, I should say, in the AL. Um, and they're just finding ways to get it done. And everybody sort of thought at the beginning of the year, myself included, that the Astros were just set to repeat. And now they, they're in a spot where they might not even make the playoffs. <clears throat> Harry, any thoughts? Brian, Pretty ins- any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously an insane run. I was with Tom. I had pretty much penciled in, along with the rest of the country, uh, the Astros from the AL West. Uh, I'm honestly not 100% sure of the wild card race. Obviously, the Yankees are in it um, with um, – you know, the uh, A's and the Astros, but um, they they have to turn it around. I mean, they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. On the flip side, the A's are 8-10. and 10. Um, What else can you say about that? At this point in the season, momentum becomes a huge factor. Confidence, you know, when, when teams get hot and they see, you know, they see sort of the bone there, if you will, um, in the playoffs – uh, they stay hot and and they know they can do it. Whereas on the flip side, if you start losing, you know you you pretty much stay losing. So now or never. Uh, yeah. I, one thing I actually wanted to hit on was this wild card race and what it does to the American League playoffs. Because uh, right as of right now, the New York Yankees and the Houston Astros uh, would be playing each other. In the wild card game, mm-hmm. um, which would greatly increase the chances of the Boston Red Sox uh, to to make it to the World Series. So shout out Astros for sucking ass. <laughs> shut shut uh, up, Tom. I'm just. I mean, I'm just. I'm just saying. If these two, you know, regardless get, of their I, records right yeah. now, I'm still not counting them out come playoff time. But well, if the two juggernauts got to bang up on each other. In the wild card race, that's a plus for all other teams, athletics included. Well, on the flip side, in the National League, uh, the big story of the day is the trade from the Washington Nationals, Daniel Murphy going to the Chicago Cubs. Um, they, I think the Cubs just sent pretty much prospects and cash uh, to the Nats, so they didn't really give up anything. They're just investing in their lineup uh, heading down the stretch and into the postseason. Um, they already lead, I think, the Central as it is. Um, so they're looking pretty good, and they're just setting themselves up for, for hopefully a run and an, another World Series appearance. Uh, the National League, they sort of, I think, I'm pretty sure they're leading the pennant race right now, period. Um, uh, other teams, the Braves are in there. Uh, the Brewers are in there. But um, 
at the end of the day, the the Cubs just got a whole lot better. Murphy is an incredible bat. Uh, he was sort of the hero of the Mets postseason run from a few years ago in 2016, I believe. Um, they didn't get it done, but uh, yeah, he he's he's a huge addition. Very nice. Well, I think that's all we've got for the MLB. Perfect time to just go ahead and kick off our banner segment. And what better to lead it off than some Would You Rather, boys. So the first thing we're going to kick off is, would you rather go to jail for four years for something you did not do or get away with something horrible and always be on the run? I'd rather get away with something horrible. I wouldn't last a fucking day in jail. (laughs) You think you'd last on the run? I'd I'd, I'd rather get lots of ass, bro. Yeah, exactly. Podcasters (laughs) and fugitives. Ever seen the movie? Yeah, chicks dig fugitives. Yeah. Well, Uh, uh, all right. Tom, what do you think? <laughs> I'm gonna just take take my time in jail and take my chances. Uh, Tom's I'm not a fucking. Tom's, I'm not a Tom's gonna join up with like the white supremacist gang in the in the jail. <laughs> um, or or just join have the, uh, lots of sex. The male cheerleading squad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, or what would you do? Right. I think uh, I think I agree with you, Tom. I'd eat the four years in jail rather than a lifetime of running. To be honest with you. I mean, yeah, I would you, be. You mean four I'm years? Prime time, Gardner, I'm, a, I'm prime I'm a, time bait in jail. Gardner, I'm a little disappointed. I thought you'd you'd be a runner. Dude, listen, I'm all about it. If it was a four year run, I'm I'm all about it. The short sprints, I'm all about. But endurance, pff, no way, no way. I just get bored. I get tired. One day, I'd just be sitting on my couch eating potatoes, and they just bombard my door down. Oh no, oh no. Well, next one. This is something that we debated over uh, text message. Got pretty heated. Would you rather be attacked by a bear or a shark? I'll let Brent <laughs> take it away. Um, I think I'm going with a shark. Um, oh. You know, depending. Uh, what? Uh-uh. I, yeah, I'm going with shark. I mean, depending, I th- especially if I think if I'm on a surfboard. But even if I'm out there, I'm going to give that bitch one good punch to the face, just square in the nose. Um, I think if you're fighting a bear, especially if it's a grizzly bear, you just have no chance. Um, one swing of the fucking fist from that thing, Flick and he's going to cave my chest in. Yeah, one <laughs> flick of the wrist. My, my chest is being caved in. Possibly my face knocked off, and I'm dead. So I'm punching the shark in the face, and I'm swimming. No way. Mary, what do you think? I'm going with the bear, uh, 100%. And, and I'll, there's only one reason that, that I'd do this is because, um, simply put, I'd rather, I'd, you know, if I'm going to have to deal with an animal that's, that's bigger and, and scarier and an apex predator, I'd rather be on a familiar surface, that being land, and not in the water where I don't live. So that's it. Right. I, I, dude, I don't know, man. I think I'm with you guys. Reynolds you guys just one. you guys saw you, the revenant, and now you're like a, you know terrified of bears. They're not. <laughs> dude, well, I saw dude, jaws, that's, and I was terrified of sharks. Yeah, but, <laughs> that's yeah, the yeah, thing, right. though. Leo survived in the revenant. If you're, yeah, if there's if a professional out, surfer that survived a shark yeah, attack, dude. People, if you're people, people survive shark attacks all the time. Who survived in jaws? Nobody. Uh, no one. Yeah, that's a guy at the end. Shark was way too big. Brent, Brent's out here like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather fight uh, a little sand shark that I can stomp on and kill. No. It's obviously got to be a great well, white. I'm talking like a 15-foot great white. 
versus a grizzly bear, I mean, I'm still going. I'm punching that great white. He doesn't know shit. <laughs> He's going to laugh at you and then rip about, your hands off. If you're talking about pound for pound, a black bear or a brown bear is going to weigh anywhere between 500 to 1,300 pounds. And a great white shark is going to weigh anywhere between fifteen hundred and twenty four hundred pounds. Yeah, exactly. And and great whites are it a has lot way faster. Way more teeth. And, and they have teeth. way more teeth. Dude, uh, I, uh, yeah, uh, right, I rest no. my case. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I'm taking the shark. Well, uh, in other news, somebody uh, who would probably prefer prefer to have been attacked by a shark, Lamar Odom. Just read a crazy story about him. Uh, is that too soon, Tom? Uh, so, as you guys know, Lamar fell into a coma in 2015 from a drug overdose. While he was in a coma, he suffered 12 strokes and 6 heart attacks. Holy shit. Moral of the story, kids, don't do drugs with Lamar Odom. Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't know how it's even possible that he's alive. He called himself a, you know, a, a miracle walking. Is he playing basketball ego, again but... in China? Dude, the fact that this I guy can no even idea. walk blows my mind. Seriously. <laughs> well, that that was my little tidbit. Uh, pretty dark. If you guys have any additional banner that's on the uh, more positive side, feel free to contribute. If not, we can just roll straight into buzzer time. beaters. Nice. All right. Well, Harry, why don't you finish us off with a buzzer beater? Yeah, so quick buzzer beater. Um, my favorite college football team on the planet. Uh, the Miami Hurricanes are doing this cool uh, project with Adidas um, where they designed their jerseys that they're going to wear against LSU on September 2nd. It's a Sunday of Labor Day weekend. Uh, they're all, all of the jerseys are made out of plastic that was pulled out of the ocean. Uh, it's this big uh, marine project that they have. Uh, it's like a, a partnership between Adidas, Parley, uh, which I've never heard of, uh, and Miami, which has like one of the biggest marine biology programs in the, in the country, one of the best programs in the country. Uh, so I thought it was pretty cool. The jerseys are sweet. Check them out. You know, save, saving the earth, winning championships is what Miami's all about. So uh. we'll throw them. We'll throw them up on the gram. Good. Yeah. Excellent. Tommy Lasagna, what do you got for us? Uh, if you guys have been keeping up with the Little League World Series, I'm sure you've heard of Big Al uh, because he oh, hits yeah. dingers. Uh, I got a I got a small issue with this though. I don't. I, I, he's a funny little kid, and I, you know, I support the hustle. But his team's not even in it anymore. Like, get out of the fucking spotlight, dude! You lost. <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are? I couldn't disagree more. Toting your bat um, around like you hit dingers, bro. Your team's out of it. You're not even playing anymore. Your summer's over, bro. The jacks don't stop though. He's probably hitting BP every day and just that going kid, yard. That kid non-stop. is probably cramming down twelve Big Macs. And not doing shit right now. Yeah, talk to me when that kid's in high school. He's not going to be playing baseball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, hey, I actually, see, I did, I did see, see a white he's, he's got a mean hack, but I, th- I think everyone just needs to move on from Big Al. Like, let's let's give the kids who are actually uh, winners the spotlight. Sad winners, winners. Shakes, what do you got for us? Um. What do I have for you? Man, I just had something right on the tip of my tongue there. We got two weeks till college football, um, so that's pretty exciting. Less than two weeks, as a matter of fact. We got ten yep. days, so that's that's what it's all about. Um, obviously, Harry's a Miami fan. I'm a Tennessee fan. Um, looking forward to the season. Hell yeah, brother. Very nice. The also, uh, the, well. the Standard & Poor 500 hit an all-time high today. 
Saw so, that. I saw go, that. Go economy. <laughs> go economy. Go. go USA. Well, I think uh, the best way to close this out is something that was a little bit too overseen, uh, but it's something I've been jamming to recently. Harry Douglas, or as you guys know, Barrel Chest Grimes, turned me on to this. Uh, it's called Summertime High Time by, how do you pronounce this? Kuko? Kuko. Kuko. How did, Kuko. Is, he, is he a cuck? Kuko. Kuko. We can call him Kuko. So, yeah, Kuko. Enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. See you next week. We out. Later. Peace. Peace. Summertime is the time I like to get high with you.